Love the 80s? Then you'll love Virgin Radio 80s Plus. Love Chris Evans. Love the 80s. Over on Virgin Radio. 80s Plus. Welcome to the show. Vassos is here. Hello, ha. Rachel's here. Greetings. And Alex Scott is on the way. Tell me about Alex Scott, please, well, Rachel. Well, now, you might think of Alex Scott, first and foremost, as a footballer, and you would be correct. She's very good at that. She's also an MBE. She's also an author. She's also a TV presenter. But, Chris, I think she will be most valuable to you as your How to Cope with the Heat consultant because this weekend she wore an incredible red latex dress to host Soccer Aid in scorching temperatures and she looked nothing but cool and she is going to be able to tell you I think how to cope with the hot weather at your gig this weekend hang on a minute we're alright with hot weather you have the issue with hot weather ok maybe I'm just projecting <laughs> maybe <laughs> not for the first time and it won't be the last uh, Joe from Reading I'm up and looking forward to collecting a work friend from the airport for a day of developing frozen cocktails please come to my house have you heard about the very cheeky Martini Monday that Mira and Ozzy Jane had yesterday? Outrageous. So they go and see this film. It's the new Wes Anderson film. And Ozzy Jane described it as a sci-fi fantasy retro dystopian... Um, uh, um, I don't know, something. And in it, there's a, there's a martini machine in the middle of the desert. <laughs> and it features a lot and it just dispenses made martinis so this is you know it shouldn't be fiction this should be fact but it's fiction and they were so taken with it that they had to have a, they said well we just had to have a martini after the film so they had a martini yesterday last night on a Monday night That's I'd like to cheeky. know did they go gin or vodka did they go lemon or did they go dirty well, with on, olive on Saturday Kitchen we had a lady who made gin I can't believe you drove why well, because it was all of the lovely drinks. That's why there. I drove. So okay. I couldn't have any of them and oh. I could enjoy the rest of my day with my beautiful family. When Alex did Saturday Kitchen, he drank all of every yeah. drink they gave him. I would still be there now had I not <laughs> taken my car. That's what I thought it was, for me, it was very wise Tactical. planning. Yeah. It was, tactics with a strategy. <laughs> you know, all tactics, no strategy, one thing. Tactics with a bit of strategy, a good thing. Yeah. A bit of strategy with some tactics, also a good thing. Excellent. I think so, don't you? Yeah. I think so. It's fine. But she um, she had it all going on. It was World Gin Day. Of course it was. And I can't remember. The blonde gin she gave, the blonde gin cocktail she gave us at the end, for me, would have been my favourite because that was a hot day kind of. So she had the classic um, uh, gin and tonic. Mm -hmm. She had a Negroni. And then she had this other thing, which is sort of pale pink, peachy kind of thing affair, which was wonderful. I, I loved it. She also gave us the best tip ever. She said, when you're smelling uh, wine or a spirit, when you're going for, when you're nosing it, which is the phrase, isn't it? You waft it under, you, you actually pass it from right to left and then left to right because your nostrils are different and you will have a better nostril. And if you do that for the first few, you'll identify your stronger nostril, like we have a stronger hand, arm, leg, eye, ear, and then what you do is once you've identified your stronger nostril, that's the one you use for the rest of your life to nose your drinks. Wow. And you really does. Nose your drinks. <laughs> Which is your stronger nostril. Right, by miles. <laughs> and what was interesting is she, um, she gave us the various gins in a sort of tasting glass and then each of those different gins were part of the different cocktails so there's one gin that made up the negroni the other gin that was the classic gin and tonic and then the third gin which i can't remember the name of the cocktail she gave us but it was brilliant 
and you you could smell them in the first glass you were given the, the smelling and the tasting glass but then once they were in the cocktail the cocktails had no smell whatsoever and i know because i was only smelling and i was pretending to drink on the telly but i didn't drink anything Nothing at all. Well, I, I don't know if it came across to me um, uh, having a sip or not, but I, I thought I was being quite uh, sneaky. And, and why, why did they not smell any, of anything once they were in the cocktail? I don't know. That's sort of my point, to be honest, Rach. I don't know. Couldn't smell at all. At all. And you can smell anything. But um, talking of taste and smells, horse and sage tea. Anyone? Horse and sage tea? You can't put horse in a tea. <laughs> Hi, Chris, and everyone. That's you too. Oh, and the nice. team. Not Tilly, though. She's not well. Get well soon, Tilly. I can explode with happiness. I bought a horse. Yeehaw! Amazeballs, where they're here, currently having a sage tea in the garden. Oh, so she's just having tea with a horse. But also even sage tea. tea. I've never heard of sage tea. Sage leaves from a garden. My first raspberries are growing. And the grapevines are bushy. Claire from Canterbury with Trixabel, the blue rose sprocker. Imagine waking up with your new horse. If you're into horses, that must be a pretty decent morning. Because horses last for a long time. She's going to... Her and a horse, depending on how old old her horse... Horses have have like cars, don't they? They have a history. You have a history of owners and mileage and things like that. Yeah. Tell us more about your horse. <laughs> how many previous owners? How many? Hopefully, just one co- careful lady owner. What's the, horse's the horse power? What the horse power? It's quite good. a commitment as well, isn't it? I mean, you're up e- early every day. Mucking eyes. Exactly. Oh. I don't even really know what that is, but unless it's just... you have a person who does. Oh yeah. Sorry, it's our listeners. I forgot. <laughs> They're posh. You talk as, like them as if you're not. I don't have a horse. You have a house in Whitstable, a house in Barnes. You have people doing things for you. And you also have a house you've never been to in Greece. Sounds pretty posh to me. Found out about that this morning. Yeah. Because Emily, when she found out about it via the show, this decided is, that she might go. Daughter, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, our, our 19-year-old, she goes, I'll go with Emma to that little house in Tinos. So she asks my dad. Yes. Is that right? And he goes, no, no I sold it. It's sold. The house in Tinos oh, no, is no that means more. you've only got two houses. I know, no, only two. Maybe you're not that posh anymore. <laughs> By the way, we are just equating posh with wealth here. So be careful. But you are posh anyway. You're actually posher than you are rich, and you're really rich. Louisa in Hampshire. Good morning, Chris and the team. Could you please remind us of the hay fever remedy you take? My mother is really suffering at the moment. Huge thanks. Well, I have a Kenalog injection in my butt, in my right butt. I don't know if that's my strongest butt. I haven't done the butt test on it. I don't know what the butt test is, like the nostril test. I don't know how you test which is your strongest butt. But anyway, but anyway, I, um, I have it in my right butt. I had it once this year, but the thing is, Alivia now, this fexofenadine, which used to be only available via prescription, is available over the counter. And I have to say, it does work on me. And I didn't think it would, and it really does. It stops everything. If you... Everybody will know this. Well, not everybody will know this. If you have hay fever, um, you, your eyes start itching, usually around you know mid-afternoon, tea time, and they start itching, you think, should I or shouldn't I? And as a hay fever sufferer, that's the thought you have. You think, should I or should can I? Can I just flick them, just to give them a bit, you know, just gently flick them with the tips of my fingers, give them a bit of relief? The answer is no. Because it just that's that's what that's what they want you to do, or whatever the the nasties in there want you to do. And what you do is you just get some eye drops and you put them in, and it works a treat. So eye drops, fexofenadine, if not a Kenalog injection, they're about 150 quid Kenalog injections. There you go, and that's it from Doctor Chris, <laughs> Susie, and Sunny Worthing. Just wanted to say thank you, Chris, for Saturday Kitchen. I couldn't stop laughing. All right, good. All right, we've not talked about Rich the Lionheart. Rich, who's our engineer today. Good morning, Rich. Round of applause, for Rich, everyone. Good morning, Rich. Rich has the most esoteric 
sweatshirt on I've ever seen today. His friend bought it for him, and it is nine images of various chicken shops in London. What? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Stand up, Rich, if you don't mind. I can't see. Is it nine or is it 12? 12. 12 esoteric... No, it's an esoteric sweatshirt of 12 chicken shops in London, and all the chicken shops actually exist. Nice. I was a big fan of those who call themselves KFC for crunchy fried chicken. <laughs> it's not that's not a it's not a KFC thing, is it? Okay, it's just a chicken shop thing. Can you out esoteric that particular sweatshirt? I don't think anybody I can. I mean that's pretty high bar. And why did your friend buy you that? Are you a big fan of chicken? In your uni days, yes. Have you had it that long? Wow. Congratulations. Some sweatshirts, depending on the material, and it's not all the same, is it? Sweatshirt material isn't all the same. It's like T-shirt material. Some last forever and get better and better and better. And some, which look really cool and hang really well and they're kind of sort of Eddie Murphy in Beverly Hills Cop, the original yeah. film type way. After one wash, they're like a box. Yeah. You know, some work, some don't. If I, if I, if I identify a great sweatshirt, then I try and find out who makes it and then I just order some blank. And then I'll do my own thing. I thought about doing it on the show, actually. Because this, this, this thing's going on with me and clothing. People want me to wear different stuff for the show every day so they can then sell it like Holly Willoughby on this morning. It's hilarious. Do your outfit of the day. That's what they want me to do. It's Have they not seen Instagram and what I wear? Maybe that's why. I quite like your current brown T-shirt. This is from, um, it's from a charity shop and I bought it... Because of exactly what I've just said, it just—it's just—I don't know, yeah. you know. For me, American t-shirts are better. They just feel soft. better. Yeah, they are soft. And we talked about this before on the show. It's to do with the cotton plants from which um, the material or the, the strands are harvested, from which they're produced. It's not what I intend to talk about right now. But Pete from Lymington says, please tell me where to find this 38-degree forecast. I have to see it. Well. I have just... I haven't. I haven't. <laughs> I have just witnessed my phone being screen-grabbed. I nearly fainted. Is that, we're very, very uh, reacted. I thought my phone was the only phone in the world that you couldn't screen-grab things from, but you just did it. And you've learned how to do it. Well, I haven't done it yet. Oh, so you they can, say, though. It's I like in, 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 the, in the... I can't remember which war it was, the American Civil War or the First World War, the Great War, where surgeons in the field, you, you, if you had any kind of medical background, if you were a dentist or anything like that, and you were in the field, on the field of battle, the tragic field of battle, the bloody, horrible, murderous field of battle, and then you, you had a surgeon um, who was trying to, to save people's lives, you watched one, you, you performed one, and then you taught one. It was that quick. And I feel a bit like that with this screen grab. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then you're going to have to find somebody to teach. Right, so the thing is, Pete from Limington wants to know where this 38-degree forecast is from. It's from an official site. It's a proper site thing. and We've now screen-grabbed it, and I've put it on my Insta, at Chris Evans TFI. We'll put it at Virgin Radio UK. So it's going to be really hot all week. It's going to be... My gardener, Leszek, says it's going to be hot till September, and I believe him. Me too. I really, and also, he's not going out of his way to... He just mentioned it, because he's that kind of... He's, he's a very laid-back dude. And he said, oh, it's, it's going to be like this till September. And then he just walked off. Well, yeah. He said it with such such sort of um, deft uh, casuality that I thought, oh, you're probably right. You know, he, he wasn't banging a drum. He wasn't campaigning for votes. He just said it like, he just told it like it was, which is his MO. It's his modus operandi. That's, that's how he goes about things. And uh, this weekend is going to be hotter than now. 
over throughout the UK, 25, 26, 27, generally, if you mix all the temperatures up. London, uh, towards 30, 31 degrees. Marlow, 38 degrees mm. on Sunday, 34 degrees when Rod Stewart plays in Marlow this Saturday. And we think the other four degrees from the Saturday to the Sunday will just be because of Rod's afterglow. Mm. His, his, there's the after show and then there's the afterglow. All right. International Martini Day. Hi, Chris. Did you know that next Monday is International Martini Day? Well, I'm sorry you're a week late <laughs> because Miro and, J- Miro, Miro and Jano had it yesterday. I don't know because it's my birthday, says Jano the six. And I'll be in Isola, Delba, off the coast of Tuscany, celebrating with my husband for our joint birthday and wedding anniversary. One more. Ted Lasso prediction. Here we go. Can we get a sunny beep? Beep, yes, you can. No problem. We're on our way to work with the sun shining brightly, passing calves and lambs in the fields. Last week, you asked me to elaborate on my Ted Lasso predictions for another series. So here goes. Rebecca, says Kirsty and Darren and Keeley, coach the new Richmond team. Roy and Nate coach the men's Richmond team. Ted Lasso and his wife get back together and decide to go to England. They also think that Rupert has a severe illness. Pretty much got it covered. I mean, I'd watch that. Yeah. Are you actually working on the new series? Sounds like you might be, and you've just taken a break to text us. So the gins, the gin cocktails on Saturday Kitchen, and you can watch it back. Kush can. It was a great segment. You had the Negroni. The classic gin and tonic was actually a Tom Collins. And then the sort of peach blonde, really summery gin, was the Clover Club cocktail. Carmen O'Neill's Clover Club cocktail. Ingredients, raspberry gin, lemon juice, raspberry sugar syrup, one egg white, raspberry berry on a cocktail stick to garnish. Pour the raspberry gin, lemon juice, sugar syrup and egg white into a tumbler and shake. Add ice to the shaker and shake again. Strain into a Nick and Nora glass. (laughs) Nick and Nora had their own glass. Garnish with fresh raspberries skewered onto a cocktail stick. So, Aussie Jane and Marvellous Mirror, they had a very cheeky Monday martini. Anyone else tempted to jump on the naughty cold drinks bus? Well, my sister is yes. up from Devon. Oh, good she's excuse. She's got a meeting. Excellent. She's got, she's a, got meeting a meeting with you, in London. With you in the fridge, yeah, near she, the fridge. Yeah, and then she's got a meeting with me tonight. She's going to come and stay at mine so tonight. So that's a yes. So we'll have a little, I think we'll have a little rosé. It's a big fat yes. And you have Naughty Wednesday as well. Well, we have Fun Wednesdays. Fun Wednesday. But Fun Wednesday, can be, it's it's one day in the week. And it can, this week instead it will be sort of Thirsty Tuesday. What do you want? Yes, does that kind Don't mind, really. Don't Wednesday? mind. Don't mind at all. Tuesday, of course, is date day for you, Vassos, and your beautiful wife, Caroline. We're going to Brockwell Lido. Oh, nice. Mm. Yes, we are in the sunshine. And then I think that's quite close to Dulwich. No heavy petting. <laughs> Otherwise you'll get a whistle yes, yes. from the lifeguard. No running, no bombing, no petting. Um, and then that's quite close No to- peeing in the pool, especially off the high board. <laughs> <laughs> that's the joke, isn't it? The, the, you know, the attendant goes yeah. to the, say, I've got to talk to you about your son. What's he done now? Well, he's, he's peed in the pool. Well, all kids do that. Not off the diving board, they don't. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying. I got told that if you peed in the pool, then the area where, you know, the, 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 the swimming pools are treated with a chemical yes. that reacts with urine and makes it red. That is, no, that is just the urban myth that everybody tells their children to scare them into not doing it. I believed it and passed it did. to my children. Good, of course you did. <laughs> Which is one of the reasons they're, they're mildly behaved. I think uh, Taskmaster once did a task of um, they were in a swimming pool and it was break as many rules as possible. Your time starts now. 
Can you <laughs> wind your neck in about Taskmaster, please? Do you know why? Why? Because um, I talked to Noah last night. I said, Noah, what are you watching? He said, I'm just finishing off the latest series of Taskmaster. Uh, 30 minutes ago, he was devastated that it was over. Okay. And then Eli, right, Eli's on his iPad in the room in between the kitchen. I don't know what it's called, dining room. We never, we never dine in there, but I suppose it is. We have the telly room, we have the kitchen, and then we have this sort of open plan bit. You've been there. The spoons room. Spoons room, where you play spoons. <laughs> yeah. That's what it was for. Yeah. You brought your mad game perfect. with you one night and kept us all up an hour later than was necessary. An hour we'll never get back. Kids loved it. And... Um... Yeah, Eli was watching his iPad. I said, what are you watching? He said, oh, I've just gone to Taskmaster. It's like, oh, get no, Eli, Eli adores Taskmaster now. Oh, good. He's like, he was transfixed by it. He didn't laugh or was, he didn't react. He was just like, oh. <laughs> it's the whole time. So day day, go on. Yeah, Brockwell Lido, Dulwich Picture Gallery, bit of lunch, bit of a walk. Yeah. It's going to be nice. Is that all? Just those four things? Because I've realised now, after years of working with you, that what day day's really about what well it's just ever since tash and i have we've instigated our own day day on a wednesday and there's a whole you know there's things that go all uh, right marathon amanda thorpe he says what a glorious morning energy is high in the thorpe household today as issy age 14 is going to her first gig without me Eek! she's off to see harry styles at wembley it's going to oh, be wow. fine wow. with her pal ella tonight bit of a mummy fail as it's exam week at school but making memories is surely high up there in the important stakes yeah but she's 14 so she's doing the mock mocks which are really important we talked yes, about it last very week very important but not too important or important enough to miss out on maybe a once-in-a-lifetime Harry Styles gig. Mm. Ruth from Eastbourne, on your recommendation weeks ago, I changed my hay fever tablets to Alivia. Treat hay and it's been a game-changer. No drowsiness and I'm no longer a snotty, swollen-eyed mess. As a hairdresser, this is not a good look. You don't want to be dripping all over the clients. There was a guy in St James's Park mowing the lawn. I hadn't finished reading the text yet, Vassos. Okay. And you've also already had loads of time during this link. Carry on. No. Oh, thanks. No, Paula's text. Ruth's text, sorry. No, you carry on. The guy in St James's Park mowing the lawn. Yes. Just as I cycled past, just towards um, Parliament Square. In there. a flash, by the way. Fastest pass me on his bike today. Eddie Merckx never rode that fast. Mm. It, was, it was me against There's Eddie. There's a guy behind you on a proper road racing bike trying to keep up with you. You didn't see him. <laughs> and he was standing on his pedals. You were just sitting on your seat. <laughs> You're so fit. Um... The guy in um, St James's Park. You're like our very own Novak Djokovic. I did it's think getting better with stretching. age. I first of all thought, what a lovely thing to be doing in the sunshine at dawn, mowing the lawn at St James's Park, just beautiful in the shadow there of Buckingham Palace and Horse Guards Parade. But then I thought, that's not a job I could do because my goodness <laughs> me, even just cycling past <laughs> it, my eyes started bulging. I could feel my throat going. Yeah, but that was only the thought of proper work. Nothing to do with hay fever. <laughs> then I thought George the Greenkeeper, and I thought, I hope he never, you know, gets because it can strike at any time, can't it? Only, hay fever. No, that was only hystemic. <laughs> Uh, Ruth from Eastbourne uh, back to Ruth's text sorry Ruth about that massive introduction um, I know we're all a year older but anyway back to your text as a hairdresser it's pretty vital that I can see whilst cutting so that's how bad a hay fever is she wow. drips she drips on her clients she can't see dots on their head my, my friend has messaged me this morning saying that they've had to get some inhalers they're all suffering so badly from yeah, it yeah and you know at the end of one of her haircuts she, she shows you know the mirror behind the hair she says not what I asked for yeah. <laughs> yesterday was a funny day in summaries 
Car payments and cash machines all down across lo- town at lunchtime and no one batted an eye. Everyone just got on with it. Bar's just as busy at lunch with folks sitting in the sun with a beer on tick. Could you imagine this happening in London and the kids without any cash ever? Reuben from Wandsworth still listening from Salinelles in south of France. Well, hang on a minute. It wasn't car payments and cash machines all down. It was MasterCard worldwide down yesterday. Only on certain machines because we experienced similar where we were. Mm. So that's that. People are casting aspersions on the forecast for Marlow for the weather for the weekend. But we have screen grabbed have. the official forecast. It's from weather.com and it yeah. says 34 degrees on Saturday, 38 degrees on Sunday. People texting in saying, you know, you're making it up. It's very responsible. Stop making the weather up on the radio. Has it changed? No, it's not changed at all. It's Good. weather.com. Check it out. If look, if you don't believe me, look at my... By the way, why are we having this row? Have a glass of water. Cool down. Go do some breath work. Close your eyes for a minute and be grateful for your life. Weather.com, the screen grab is up there, at Chris Evans TFI. It's on Instagram, and it starts at 26, 27 today, and it gets to 31 or 33 tomorrow, and it goes to 34 on Saturday and 38 on Sunday. It's a weather.com. They're a company that do the weather. They don't, that's it. They don't, they don't make the weather up. They reflect on the weather by their expensive forecasting machines. It might not be the right Marlowe. It could be a different Marlowe, but it's Marlowe UK, I think. There is a Marlow in South Africa, but I don't think that's... No, because I always look at Marlow UK, so it, that would come up, wouldn't it, as a usual search? I don't... OK, what if it's not 34? What if it's only 24? I'm really sorry, shoot me. A woman declared dead, knocks on coffin during her own wake. Oh, my gosh. What? A 76-year-old woman who's declared dead at a hospital in Ecuador astonished her relatives by knocking on a coffin, asking to be let out. Manchester City fans and players celebrate historic treble in the rain. This is after they went straight to Ibiza from Istanbul. They may not have realised, or still realise, they've been to Ibiza. Some of them may not realise what they do for a living. Yeah. Let alone having won the European <laughs> Champions League. They've been up for days now. Grealish said it's been a great 24 hours. It's been about three days. They've got to join up with the England squad today. The pics of Jack Grealish are yeah. hilarious. 685 people dress as Spider-Man in Malaysian Malt to break the world record. Can't have You can't have too many no. Spider-Men, can you? Family finds a million pennies cleaning out the home. A rare Ferrari burnt out more than 60 years ago goes up for auction. A new scheme to reduce the number of tents left behind by music fans at Glastonbury. Music fans are being offered a refund for tents to stop thousands of them being dumped at festivals. Around a quarter of a million tents are ditched each year in the UK, with most ending up in landfill. That's not good. Alcohol in moderation may lower the risk of heart disease. This is on the front page. I think it's the Telegraph today. Here we go. Uh, da, 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 da. Trump sells this. Um, US packs that. Um, Yusuf uh, says Sturgeon's weak coal power fired up because it's too hot for solar panels um, no it's not there oh it must be somewhere else um, there's definitely a story about wine today being good for you so we must find Great. it we have to find it at all costs no don't say that have I? it will tell you on the site won't it? apparently I may have posted the weather for Marlow, Oklahoma <laughs> It's not dissimilar, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I may have done, I may not have done. Hey there, this is the Chris Evans Show with Cinch, who don't just offer great quality cars, but also great quality service with a dedicated customer service team available seven days a week. Plus, there's a Cinch app, as if cinch.co.uk isn't enough. You can browse thousands of cars with the app, filter your searches, and buy your next car in just a few taps. The app is on Google Play and App Store. You can search, shop, and pay for your next car all in the Cinch app. It's so easy, it couldn't be easier. And, of course, you get all the same 
claim benefits like free home delivery and a 14-day money-back guarantee. No questions asked other than where would you like the money sending back. Try it out. Download the Cinch app today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Uh, yeah, so um, weather update. Uh, this week in Marlow, Oklahoma, it's going to be mighty fine. 34 degrees on Saturday and 38 degrees on Sunday. That's Marlow, Oklahoma. And if you don't believe me, then check out my Instagram pages. <laughs> Or whatever they're called. <laughs> it's Chris Evans TFI. Well, I've posted, I've screen grabbed the weather for Marlowe, Oklahoma, which was always my intention, just as a joke. Mm. That's what it was. I knew what I was doing all along. My friend Susie, it's very easily done. My friend Susie was on the phone to her Uber driver, but where are you? I'm outside the Olympic, the Olympic Studios. But I'm outside the Olympic Studios, where are you? And he was outside the Olympic Studios in Nashville, Tennessee, not in Barnes, London. Her cab driver? Her Uber driver. She managed to order an Uber from Tennessee. That's pretty impressive. Yes. So what, what's, what happened? What's, what was the outcome then? Her rating went down. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> so what? A new low. Yes. Who are we going to talk to next? She is a tip-top telly presenter with almost twice the number of England caps as Gary Lineker. And instead of blank space on the cover of her book, there's an endorsement from Taylor Swift. (laughs) How Not To Be Strong is out today in paperback. So let's all lose the plot for Alex Scott. Good morning, Alex. Wow, what an intro. Thank you. Good morning. Great to see you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I know this book has been out a while. It came out in Harbour before Christmas. This is the beach read, the paperback version. Congratulations! What I mean, what a thing to write this. I might say, I might say, there's a lot of emotion yeah. tied up in this book, but it's probably more accurate to say there's a lot of emotion that's been liberated instead. Yes, yeah. yeah. When people say about the different emotions they have gone through reading the book, of yes the hard stuff and the crying but then the one minute they're laughing yeah. and it's taking them on a journey that's what I love and I suppose writing it I didn't expect the impact it would have on other people it's a brilliant book I Thank mean you. you know it's full of emotion you're so candid it's really exciting as well about mm-hmm. your football journey you know and thereafter your tv journey how not to be strong by Alex Scott it's out today as a paperback the Sunday Times already the Sunday <laughs> Times bestseller how does that feel I, I don't know look I already get goosebumps when you it. say that stuff yeah. because I don't know that young girl growing up in East London I would have never thought that I'd be able to sit down and write a book and like I said it connect with so many people and the support that they've shown for it it will never be lost on me ever how do you know Taylor Swift <laughs> that was a moment oh, wow I've loved Taylor Swift I'm a big music head like I go to gigs and everything. And Taylor Swift's always been like that guilty pleasure to me. Like, love Taylor Swift, girl fanning. Um, And then when um, Jonathan Ross asked me to be on his show, you know, you get the research calls. And just casually, they was like, yeah, you're going to be on the sofa with Taylor Swift. And there was me screaming inside, but trying to play it cool. Like, oh, yeah, like Taylor Swift. But then when we were on the sofa, I just, I couldn't hide it. I think she just knew. 
And have you? Did you have any sort of after show afters with her? Well, just before we even went on, right. she came over and gave me a massive hug and wow. was like, "Alex, all my friends are jealous that I'm on the show with you." And I was like, "This is what? This is Taylor Swift saying this to me?" And I'd already had a surreal moment even before that because then I got a knock at my dressing room door and it's Bono and he comes in <laughs> with my book and he's like, "Alex, I love your book. Please, please, can you sign it for me?" And I was like, "Is this real life right now?" It was. It was so surreal. But in a way, that's how your life has been all the way through, yeah. hasn't it? You know, let's touch on Taylor Swift. Let's let's stay with North America. Let's stay with women's football there. It is massive Huge. in North America. It has been for, for ages. Of course, it used to be bigger than men's football in the late 1800s, didn't yeah. it? women's football was, was much bigger than men's football over 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. What do you know about that? What can you speak to that? Well, and the dreams here when you were growing up, you always wanted to go and play in America, whether it was to get a scholarship or play in the pro league. They were the first ones to create a pro league and that was the dream for every young girl. Right. So for me, when they created, it was a second because the first one folded and then they created a second league, the WPS. I got drafted into that league and we were only semi-pro with Arsenal. I was working in the Arsenal laundry oh, no. at the time. scrubbing money. the kit. Yeah. To pay to earn some money. Which is crazy. Yeah, and then got drafted to play over there for three years. We was ba I was based in Boston and we played out of Harvard. And Chris, it was a dream. It was everything that you'd been dreaming it was. Yeah. The crowds, how professional it was. But how positive it was. How positive. Like yeah. I loved the mindset. it. Mindset. I was talking about the mindset, it was different. It was they don't they're unapologetic for wanting to be the best. Yeah. And not even just themselves, dragging everyone up to that level. And they prepare for victory, not yes. defeat. Yeah, I remember going into one of the games and you know, Hope Powell at the time was complaining about the German team. It was a Euros final in 2009 that they'd already got printed T-shirts of winners and everything. And she was like, that's so arrogant. Where well, actually, we were going into that game scared and thinking, what if we don't win? Oh, gosh, yeah. this is the final. No and that's the Americans' there. mindset. Yeah. Because we were talking about the Man City um, celebration mm -hmm. and the fact they had all this all this stuff ready to go mm -hmm. uh, you know what if they'd have lost did they get it together 24 hours before and I said no Pep Guardiola this will be part of the mindset we are going to get it printed because yeah. we're going to win that positive attitude if you believe you're going to win if you're going in with it's that mindset it, yeah it really does oh my goodness me so many questions to ask you today <laughs> tell us about the football cage oh the football cage in the East End to me that was everything but it was absolutely nothing so it's like you just describe it it's the end of my road end of my state concrete you know if the ball went over the cage the cars would come along and pop the ball and that yeah. would be the end you had to go home but oh you play with a pop ball yeah <laughs> that's where all the dreams started of me try, trying to get to Wembley and scoring a how goal how old were you when you were playing football at the football cage from the ages from six onwards until I got signed to Arsenal and, and even signed for Arsenal I was still playing in the football cage when you first when you, your first memories of being you know kicking a football in a team or five aside or you know jumpers for goalposts um, interesting jumper story later on when okay. you you trained in jumpers because of the heat. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Let's just like acclimatise. That's quite interesting. <laughs> tell us, tell us about the training in jumpers because you were going somewhere hot. Yeah, I think it was the World Cup uh, in China in two thousand and seven, and the backing and the funding. We weren't used to like. Um, the chambers, the heat chambers and everything, we weren't that advanced. So our sports scientist at the time was like, right, you just need to train in all the layers so you get used to it. And I remember Enia Luko, actually, she had heat stroke in one of the games and she was just, I remember her laying on the side of the pitch with like all flannels and ice over her, complaining about the heat. Didn't you get to go to China to play some games to get pre-acclimatised? Was there a story? Yes, yeah, we did. It was called the Nations... Lit's Cup or something. Four there was four teams, yeah, four America, teams. China, I can't remember the other one. And I remember we was in a hotel and the Americans, the food 
was not nice in the hotel. Yeah. The Americans were getting pizza and all of this. And then we were like, why can't we have pizza? But the sports nutritionist was like, no, it's not good for you. But then obviously America, it was working for the Americans. Yeah. They were like ranked number one in the world. All right, Coach. So it's back to six, seven, eight years old in the football cage. When yeah. did you first... When when did you feel comfortable with a, fo- a football at your feet? When did you think, I can do this? To be honest, I don't really remember that moment. All I wanted to know is that was I was following my big brother. My brother, Ronnie Scott, loved playing football and I just wanted to tag along with him and his friends and that was through football. Right. But the thing is, they never just included me because I was Ronnie Scott's sister. Like I had to earn my spot and fight my way. I never wanted to just be token given something. And so I worked so hard for their approval. So um, was it about eight or nine when you first, somebody suggested you should go and see people yeah, at Arsenal? Yeah, there was a tournament in Tower Hamlets in East London and one of my brother's friends dropped out. So they was like, come on, you can come and play in the five-a-side tournament. And the referee at the time knew someone down, Vic Akers at yeah. Arsenal, who used to be the kit man, and was like, you need to go down to Arsenal. And I didn't, I was like, don't have a clue about Arsenal women. No, I want to stay in the football cage. And so he persuaded my mum and he took me down for a trial at Arsenal. Now, Arsenal were a bit like Red Bull in F1, weren't they? Um, mm-hmm. Because yes. they just used to win everything. I played against the Arsenal ladies team. Yes, in... I was there. I was in that game. Were you? Yes. For TFI oh, Friday? Yes. No way. Yeah. Um, up at um, Highbury. Yeah, in the JVC Centre. We did. <laughs> I thought that was pre you. I didn't know you were in that game. I was there. I was there. You, I mean, unsurprisingly. And then we came. We came. You invited us I then know, to the I studios know. and we was in the audience. Yeah. I didn't I know you were part of that Look team. Look at that. I thought pre you. I thought I they got away with that I didn't write that in the one. book. I'm so sorry. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Maybe that's why I thought my hubris kicked him. <laughs> but goodness me, you literally wiped the I mean, I mean, if you think about it, you're professional footballers and we weren't. Mm-hmm. But we were there, you know, Webbo came, big West Ham fan, thought he was quite handy, had trials for someone somewhere. You left him for dead. <laughs> And then somebody scored a really tricky goal where they... they I can't remember who it was. It who might it have been? He was the really remember. famous top scorer at the time. She, oh, like Marianne Spacey? Yes, back I, then was I think it was her. She, she did this back flick and it was one the one where you flick the ball but it goes over your head oh, yeah, and therefore like also over the head of the person who's trying to tackle you. Then you sidestep them because they don't know what the heck is happening <laughs> and then you volley the ball into the... That, I, I love I think that we you have remember that. all that detail. Because it hurts. <laughs> it does. Losing hurts. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Um, you weren't at the birth of women's football because that was in the late 1800s, yes. but you were at the rebirth of women's football. And that's chronicled in your book. And it was mm. quite a pretty... It's it's quite shocking to read how sort of um, backward it was, even in the mid-90s, early noughties. You know, you having to work in the laundry room at Arsenal yeah. as a part-time professional footballer, mm-hmm. you know... You know, a bit more than a decade ago, and then you go to Birmingham because Birmingham, they 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 meant business. Yeah. One particular guy at Birmingham. Yeah, Steve Shipway. I think Cameron Brady at the time as well. They put some money into the team and was like, okay, we've got some investment. But it only lasted a season. Yeah. And then all that money was taken away, and that's what I mean. And people uproot. I uprooted to Birmingham, and then all of a sudden, you haven't got a team. Yeah, and but, then I come back to Arsenal. Vic was like, well, this is your home. Come back. Yeah. And by then, I'd already broken into the England team. Yeah. So I was then an established right back in England international. So it was different. Tell us tell us about that. It's all in the book. But tell us, tell mm-hmm. us about you getting the call from the England camp. Oh, gosh, yeah. It was at a time as well where my uncle had just passed. But then football's always been my escape. So then I got a call up from Hope Powell saying that I've been called off standby. Uh, just to fill in for someone. So there was me. I didn't even think I'd be playing, just like filling up the numbers when someone was injured. Um, but then it was the 
same day as my uncle's funeral. So I was like, no, I can't go. But it was my mum that was like, no, your uncle Mickey is a huge Newcastle fan. He loves you playing football and he's going to be there with you. So my first ever game against Netherlands was the day of my uncle's funeral and that one was for him. And you're already coming with excuses to tell Hope and the England management team that you couldn't play. You're not going to believe this, but my uncle's passed away. And your mum said, no, he would have not heard anything to do with that. And the best way you can respect him and and sort of... uh, uh, Is to go and play. Yeah, And the thing is, that and that's like a lot of the stuff in the book. I actually don't talk about things or ever want people to feel sorry for me. So no one at England knew that was happening that day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What a game changer. Mm-hmm. Down to your mum again. Down to my mum. Oh, my mum my is just my superhero. She really you, is. I can, I can sense, um, you know, how you felt when you were writing the book through the words. I, I may have got it wrong, but then I've listened to interviews of you talking about the book and I know that you get very emotional talking about certain aspects of the book. Mm-hmm. There are three or four things um, and you get emotional and completely understandably and also for different reasons. Yeah. You know, um, the book ends with a... a penultimate chapter about it's a love letter to your mum yeah it's just (laughs) it's just amazing thank you it's amazing um i think because like in people when they read the book they know that we've been through a lot of hard times and a lot of that was then struggling to be able to communicate your feelings and emotions and that's always stayed and I've always found that for me to get everything out was through writing and that letter was a way to tell my mum to kind of show her what she is and what she means to me. And yeah. you've got a next chapter in your life, mum, yeah. and please live it. So you freed yourself with the book. Yeah. And you've said, mum, look, I'm now free. Mm-hmm. Um, you now know things about me that you you weren't even aware that I was feeling or that was going on. Uh, but I'm a big girl now. Yes. Um, in fact, you were a big girl whilst you were a little girl because you sort of had to be. Yeah. Um, um, I know that your mum then read the book. Um what was her first response to the book? How is she now six months after the book's been out? I think it's hard because even I thought that I'd be in a better place. The paperbacks come out. I've already been through this whole, which was like we just spoke before. I think when you write a book, I found the writing process super easy because yeah. like everything was out and just coming off we're and it done, was great. We're done. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> and then actually when the book was released, yeah. I didn't realise how traumatising it was going to be for me again, yeah. speaking about all the emotions and everything that we'd gone through. And I think so it was the same with my mum. She found out a lot of stuff about me. Mm. And my whole thing is I don't ever want my mum to worry about me. Don't worry. Like I don't want to cause any more stress, but... I suppose now she knows my triggers. Yep. So when I'm pulling away and if I'm going through stuff, she is there. Yeah, wow. Different relationship. Yeah, totally different. It's, and for me, I just feel like I am in this new chapter. I feel lighter. I feel like my communication about my life and everything is better and I feel more open to receiving stuff as yeah, well. Yeah, you talk about be, being heavy quite a lot in yes. the past. Yeah. And so obviously you feel lighter now. Um, you only get one mum. Yes. You only get one first love. Mm-hmm. Kelly's in the book. Yeah. Okay. That's that's that for me. They were great chapters. They were Thank so you. honest and so balanced. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, you shouldered. I'm not going to say the blame, but you shouldered the 50 percent of what is a hundred percent, which is two halves of a whole. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a that was a really well judged sequence in the book. Thank you. Do you know what Kelly thinks about that? Well, it's weird because I suppose Kelly's gone into punditry now as well. 
And I suppose I wanted to write a chapter and obviously I spoke about her addiction and everything, but I wanted to write a chapter for me. It was about love. Yeah. It wasn't all the darkness in it. So it for was... people who don't know, how long did, were you with Kelly for? Eight years. And you played with her? Played with Kelly, yeah, yeah, at Arsenal and obviously England. And I was young at the time. I was like 21 when I got with Kelly. So it's all through my 20s. And like in the book, it shows that repeat pattern of me ending up with, well, my dad obviously drink. My uncle Mickey was an alcoholic an alcoholic I can't say alcoholic and then I end up with someone with the same addiction and trying to help them through that process but ultimately it was me falling madly in love with someone and it's weird off that chapter still now people want to ask me or explain about my sexuality and I'm like for me there is not I fell in love and that's what it is and I fall in love with humans and a person and I don't feel like I ever have to explain that to anyone and I feel like we need to get to a stage where you don't have to. You can just be free. And I felt like I, I, that's always me. Um, have you been asked, who is Mr. Boyband? All the time. All the time. I'm not going to ask you. I just asked you who've been asked. So that's the clever way of asking that question. All the time. And it's, do you know what? It's so strange when I say, well, I'm actually quite private with my life. But how can I be when I've just put a book out there to the world? But there's certain I things like the way that you, I'm I just lo- like... I love that paragraph. Yeah, Mr. Boyband, if you're reading, now you know why. Now I'm in a better place. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> okay, um, let's talk about America again. Playing over in America, uh, you've talked about the different mindset. Anyhow, just give us more colour about that 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 part of your life. Oh, America, I loved it. How long did you play there for? I played three years. Right. Um, and for me, I was what age when I was I went over there? I think I was like twenty three. Right. Oh, and I felt like it just freed me. We'd been here with a mindset that we should be grateful and all of that. And yes, we're grateful. But then I felt like my true personality came out when I went to America. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I was seen as a leader where I'd never ever seen that in myself before that when I spoke, people listened to me. And I don't know, you just felt a different kind of love and I grew as a human. More of a collective. Yeah. So yes, my football, I went on to become the best right back in that period. And then when I came back to Arsenal, but I just felt like I'd really developed the way that I saw the world, who I was and growing into someone that was always there but felt suppressed here. I think it's really useful for people to go to North America. Mm. I know it's got its issues, of course it has, but it it is just a different... Because it's a younger country, because it has its own pain, of course it does, but it's not... It's just not as heavy a country, yeah. you know. Terrible things are happening all around the world. Of course, they always have, they always, they are, and they always will. But I just think it's, it's just because you're so far away from things. Mm-hmm. It just gives you that geography on its own gives you a perspective, yeah. and the mindset changes things as well. And because it's such a large country. I've got to stare about American voices, right? Because <laughs> they have such a lovely rhythm to them, regardless of which state they're from. Yeah. And also they're quite loud. And I think they have to be quite loud because America's so big. <laughs> Whereas I honestly think it's true. I know it sounds mad, but because Britain's so small, we sort of had to keep our voice down because there's so many of us. You know, yeah. And it's like it's almost like a, a library, Britain. And America's <laughs> like a town square. It is. But it's, it's just, just a very big town square. Positivity. And people say that's over the top, but that's my energy as well like if I get in a lift I'm going to say good morning to someone and it's not I don't want anything from you I'm just saying good morning what about when you say good morning to people here in the UK and they look down it's like yeah (laughs) I've never understood that what we've all grown up in and it just continues right okay Vastas off you go I would like you to tell us about Vanessa and the letter oh wow 
Wow. And it's weird, obviously, just coming off the back of Soccer Aid. Mm. I've done a few trips. I've been to Iraq. And when UNICEF asked me to go over to Namibia, I knew straight away that I wanted to do that. Um, and it's weird. I was once again going through a dark time. At that period, I was exhausted. A lot of stuff was going on and it was heavy. And, you know, just those moments, you're like, this is meant to be. I'd been to the hospitals and seen uh, certain projects that uh, UNICEF had helped build over there. And on the last day, I wasn't even meant to meet Vanessa. They was like, oh, we've just got a few hours. Let's go and meet a young girl in one of the projects. And then so we meet her and we're doing filming with her and everyone's like, great, you know, you're celebrating a wrap of a show and everything. And then I looked back and I was like, something's calling me. I need to go back to the house house and just speak to Vanessa on my own so I just went over and I was like thank you for having us and she was like Alex just wait there I have something and then she goes into well you can't even call it a house it's like a shelter and there's nothing and she comes back out and she's like I wrote this letter a couple of years ago and she was like I knew the moment when I had to give it to someone and she was like here's a letter please take it and read it when you're ready and then I was reading it on the way back to the airport and it just broke me with happiness and tears and love because here's someone that has absolutely nothing. And in the letter, she was saying how I need to be positive. The next chapter's coming and in so much light that I was like, this is the ending to my book. I know it has to be in my book. And so I'm Vanessa's actual letter is the final part of my book. Do you recognise yourself in her words? Yeah. 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 And sometimes it's just remembering in those triggers that no matter what you've been through, that there is always light and there's always hope. Yeah. And I think one of the things you have said about your own book is, you know, in response to what would you, if you could go back and tell young Alex something, mm -hmm. you say it's yeah. going to be all right. It's going to be all right. And it's such a shame for young people who don't have an older person around saying that and your mum loved you so much yeah. but she just forgot to say that to you or maybe couldn't see that yeah so you had to say and it's really hard for a kid to tell themselves that and of course they don't because they don't go to the third person so then what happens is they fast forward to becoming a grown-up and they feel like they've missed out on all this sort of gentle softness of yeah. evolution as opposed to forced development I think that's why I love working with kids <clears throat> excuse me sorry because I knew that one, I just always wanted someone to see something in me yeah. and show me love or give me an opportunity. So for me to be able to do that for children and give them hope or just a moment that I know that's going to stay with Which them forever. Mentors are so important, isn't it? Huge, and coaches yeah. Coaches and mm -hmm. significant grown-ups in, in kids' lives who maybe don't have somebody saying what they need to yeah. hear. It's just that belief that, you know what, you have something special in you and you are going to be okay. Yeah. Rachel. Alex, you've had all the jobs. All yeah. of all of the jobs. <laughs> Where are we starting? Well, like laundrette at Arsenal yes. and then, you know, to presenting the one show, hosting soccer, being yeah. an international footballer. What's your favourite? <laughs> Do you know, it's actually hard. I don't have favourites because every one of them brings me something different into my life. And I suppose I'm someone that loves challenges and never sits in a comfort zone. And doing all those different things allows me to keep growing as an individual. Um, and I think all those jobs, I will never get to the place where I think I know everything because I think I excel when I know I'm surrounded with people I'm learning from. You know, being around certain characters. I will never forget on the one show, um, Stephen Fry. That has always stayed with me because during the Olympics with the accent gate and Lord Digby Jones, I was actually worried. I was like, oh, gosh, like Stephen might look down at me or, you know, you have that feeling of like 
straight away going back to that person growing up in the East End. And I had never met someone that was so lovely and so engaging. And I was so in awe and hanging off every word. He was telling me about places in the East End that I didn't even know. He was educating me. And that's the stuff that I love. Because I feel like my education, I struggled in school. I was dyslexic. I had hearing problems and everything. So a lot of my school, yeah, I didn't really attend a lot. It was easier to remove myself from an uncomfortable situation. So I feel like my education has come through travel, through meeting people, through a different stream. And that's what I absolutely love. I I love that. Again, when you tell the story about um, Lord Digby Jones or Mm -hmm. Digby Lord Jones getting his own title wrong on his Twitter feed, having a go at you about grammar and pronunciation, and then Stephen Fry picking him up on that. Yeah. I mean, goodness me, that, that was... Steam Fry, he picked his target, mm-hmm. he picked his moment, and bullseye. Yeah, like to wake up to Stephen Fry tweeting and educating someone who was trying to belittle me so much because of where I'm from or how I speak was just one of those, once again, like Taylor Swift, so many surreal moments. Like, wow, like someone because has my back. Him. Because yeah. you deserve them. Um, I'm trying to find, I'm flicking through my copy of your book here, which is dog-eared, <laughs> as you can see, because I'm trying to find the name of the producer who changed your auto cue to say goodbye. Do oh. you remember in the Olympics coverage? Yes, yes. What oh was my that guy's gosh. name? Oh, I, actually, I can't oh, remember. Pa- well, we know him as Paddy. I just like nicknames. Well, when Paddy, you Paddy, wherever you are, Paddy. you are an awesome human being. Yeah. Just briefly, what did he do? <laughs> Because the whole thing was that I don't pronounce my G's properly yeah. because when I'm in full flow, I don't know, it's it's an East End thing. Um, not even like that's the area that we no, grew no, up it's in. Fine. Yeah. No, it's fine. It's um, a human thing. So like, yeah, Lord Digby Jones, basically that's, what was his tweet about how I'm spoiling. Spoiling. Uh, yeah, spoiling. <laughs> spoiling, spoiling. I don't pronounce my G's. Yeah. And I remember getting to that part of the auto queue and it was like, well, today we've enjoyed like rowing, fencing or something. He just put but, a load of G words yeah, in, not he? Yeah, and like I was just rolling them off and I was just like, oh, okay, I see what he's oh, done okay, here. And so I was cool. like laughing, yeah. See. And once again, it's like that team environment that I didn't tell anyone that day what was going yeah. on, and but they all knew. They had your back. Yeah, they had my back. Oh, gosh, this book is so good. Alex Scott, <laughs> How Not To Be Strong. Congratulations oh, again. Oh, thank you. Um, it really doesn't sink in. It really doesn't. I know you were nervous about today having this chat. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I have. Thank great you so much. We're honoured to have you with us. What a great start to the morning. Good. Thank well, you, you crack so on, much. Crack on. It's out <laughs> today. Buy this book uh, for yourselves, for your family, for yeah. your kids, for your daughters, for your sons. How oh, to not Chris. be strong. Alex Scott, the Sunday Times. Can I please say as well that the book, all the money, the proceeds go to a refuge to help support women through domestic violence in children. So you picking up and going to buy that book is helping save somebody. What do you have planned for the summer? I'm having a hot girl summer, Chris. <laughs> what does, what <laughs> that, does that mean? That is my plan. Do you know what? I've never taken time off and I feel like I need to get the balance of everything that I've managed to achieve or get to the stage where I am. I need to have some fun. I don't want to look back with regrets and be like, I wish I did this. So I'm taking a couple of weeks off before the Women's World Cup. It's time. Yes. I'm taking in some music gigs, whatever's going on. I'm yeah. just going to enjoy being around London in the sunshine and switching my brain off for a little okay, bit. Okay, martini, margarita or mojito now? A mojito. Hey, I'll go for a mojito. Have a great day, everyone. <laughs> Ta-da. 
love music, love interviews with lovely musicians? Search Virgin Radio UK on YouTube to find brilliant album specials with some of the shiniest lights on our playlist, including George Ezra. It won't be like this forever, so just enjoy it while it's here. It's a really wonderful thing. And James Bay. It's about me. It's about my relationship with Lucy. It sums up so much of what went into writing this whole album. We're all works in progress. I still don't necessarily know who I am. And Depeche Mode's Dave Gahan remembering the late, great Andy Fletcher. I'll be honest with you, the first thought that came in my head was, I wish I'd been a bit kinder. Watch all that and more at youtube.com slash virginradiouk. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.